The great God made an unbreakable promise to King David that David's kingly line would last forever. Stop and think about this remarkable covenant and how it includes you. Next on The Key of David with Gerald Flurry. Greetings, everyone. God made a covenant with King David. Many people simply don't understand that. They're confused about this vision. We certainly cannot afford to misunderstand this. In Psalm 89, it says that this understanding gives a joyful sound and that it causes us to rejoice all the day, all the day. That joy never ends. It's a vision that starts with David and goes right on down to forever. So, essentially, the whole world, I mean, the whole world thinks that those that understand anything about this, thinks that God broke that covenant with David. I mean, most of the world. If you look into the Bible, Jeremiah himself for a short time thought God had broken that promise, that covenant with David. That's what he thought, but that was only for a short span of time. And the Jews, of course, have the Hebrew Bible, and they, many of them know quite a lot about that, but they too think that the, uh, this covenant was broken in 585 B.C. that just ended there. And they don't know how to explain this. And this world is deeply confused about this essential covenant that God made with David that is at the core of of God's plan for man. It's that important. Notice Luke 1 and verse 30 and 32. Here's what it says. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you shall conceive in your womb, and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. And he shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest. Father and Son, now a family we're getting into, the God family. And the eternal God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. So the father gave Christ David's throne. And he's going to sit on it when he comes back to this earth. He's going to sit on that very throne of David. Now, verse 33, let me read that to you. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. There's not going to be any end to this. It's going to continue. And after Christ rules over all the earth, then he's going to rule over all the universe, as this covenant says. And that's quite a vision. Really, one of the, right at the heart of everything that God teaches us from the Bible. Notice Psalm 89. Let me read this to you. This is by Jeremiah the prophet. The context tells you that. And here's what it reads. I will sing of the mercies of the eternal forever. With my mouth will I make known your faithfulness to all generations. For I have said mercy shall be built up forever. Your faithfulness shall you establish in the very heavens. Verse 3, I have made a covenant with my chosen 
I have sworn unto David my servant. Your seed will I establish forever, and build up your throne to all generations." Now, this is the building program of God, the real building program that is going to continue for all eternity. It's starting with David's throne, and he passed that on to Solomon. But here is a, a like the people that are understanding God today are going to be in on the ground floor of the greatest building program ever imagined. <laughs> it's that great. We have to build from the ground floor, and it's this huge building program that God is going to reward those that come out today and do His work before the second coming of Christ. Notice it says there, Selah, at the end. As I said, the context tells you that Jeremiah wrote this, but it says there in verses 1 through 4, he says, I've made a covenant with David. It's forever. And Christ is going to rule on that throne forever. That's what he says. Selah means stop and think. That's what the, the last word is there. And I'm telling you, this is a mind-shaking, wondrous vision that God wants all of us to have, and it really gives, gives meaning to our lives like nothing else. It's that wonderful. God the Father and Jesus Christ are building a family, and we get in on that building program on the ground floor, and God says, if you do His work today, you are going to be rewarded immensely for what you do. If you look at Isaiah 51, it talks about that throne is going to be planted in the heavens forever, going to be planted there. It certainly is something we need to understand. Now, uh, go back to Psalm 89 and verse 14. Notice this. Verse 14, Justice and judgment are the habitation of your throne. Mercy and truth shall go before your face. Blessed be the people that know the joyful sound. They shall walk, O Eternal, in the light of your countenance, in the light of God. This is the light of God Himself giving us it to us. What a, what a vision. Verse 16, in your name shall they rejoice all the day, rejoice all the day, and in your righteousness shall they be exalted. Then in verse 19 it says, Then you spoke in the vision to your Holy One, and said, I have laid help upon one that is mighty. I have exalted one chosen out of the people. I have found David my servant with my holy oil. Have I anointed him? So, this vision brings that joyful sound and, and uh, causes people to rejoice all the day. Not just part of it, but all of the day. And it never ends. And it, it gives you that kind of joy and that kind of happiness if you understand it. And yet, the, this world, for the most part, does not understand it. That's something we all should be concerned about. So let's talk about God's covenant with David today. And uh, 
Well, going down to verse 5 of Psalm 89. And the heavens shall praise your wonders, O eternal, your faithfulness, also in the congregation of the saints. For who in the heaven can be compared unto the eternal? Who among the sons of the mighty can be likened unto the eternal? God is greatly to be feared in the assembly of the saints, His own people, and to be had in reverence of all them that are about Him. The key here is Jeremiah really is he also gets you back to Second Samuel 7 where it talks about this covenant made with David, and I'll get to that in a moment. But also you have the word Selah, and remember that. We have to stop and think about this, and that certainly will, if you stop and think, you'd want to go back to Second Samuel 7 because it comes first in mind here when you stop and think, if you understand very much about your Bible. So let's read that, Second Samuel 7, verses 12 and 13. This is a central theme of Psalm 89, really, and it's all about God's covenant with David. Let's begin in verse 12 of Second Samuel 7. And when your days be fulfilled, and you shall sleep with your fathers, I will set up your seed after you, which shall proceed out of your bowels, that's Solomon, and I will establish his kingdom, and he shall build an house for my name. And I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. Now, that's something that's really special. When that uh, beautiful house, the most beautiful house ever built, was uh, destroyed in 585 BC, then, then that's where everybody thought that covenant of God's with David came to an end. And God somehow didn't fulfill his promise. But that's not the case at all. And then verse 16, And your house and your kingdom shall be established forever before you. My throne shall be established forever. So you can't get away from that. This is a building program forever. And it's, it's, a, it's going to be building the very family of God. Jesus Christ is going to rule on David's throne forever. That's what your Bible says. Well, a little further down, and it talks about just having the throne of David. Now, it is on this earth. It has been ever since David was on this earth. And the descendant of David's has been on, sitting on that throne every time. And where is it today? Now, we have a booklet that tells you that. The, the new throne of David, and all of our literature is free, so you can understand it by getting that book. But it is a mind-staggering prophecy, and it is to all generations, God says. And it's, and it's a prophecy for this end time specifically. You can see that in many ways, and with this literature, you'll see it in a a lot of verses. Notice Isaiah 9 and verse 7. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end upon the throne of David and upon the kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever. 
the zeal of the eternal host will perform this. Here, here he says, now this is going to continue right down to the second coming of Christ, and then Christ is going to sit on that throne and rule it forever, and God says His, His zeal is going to make that happen. And it's never, ever, He's never broken that promise. Never. And people ought to know that because, frankly, we've been teaching that for over 75 years. It's right there in your Bible if people really want to understand it, which seems like maybe they do not. Peace, though, peace forever in your family, in your nation, in your world. There's peace. But first comes the government of God. See, that government and peace. First you have to have the government, and then God gives you peace in your family, and and God knows we need peace. We can do nothing without peace, whether it's in our family or in our nation. Notice verses 26 through 29 in Psalm 89. Here's what it says. And uh, he shall cry unto me, You are my Father, my God, and the rock of my salvation. Also I will make him my firstborn, higher than the kings of the earth. Now this is quite a reward God wants to give us if we'll come out and do His work before Christ returns. Then in verse 28, uh, My mercy will I keep for him forevermore, and my covenant shall stand fast with him. His seed also will I make to endure forever, and His throne as the days of heaven." In other words, this is a, something that God says He's going to do, and you can absolutely depend on it. Again, you see, you have uh, Jeremiah making a mistake about this himself, because something happened that made most people think, well, it's over. It ended. It's not what the Bible says. And then some people try to distort that in, in certain ways and, and, uh, and just teach error in, about their Bibles. But we've got to learn this deeply and really carve it deeply into our minds. We must know about God and David's throne. Then verse 34, My covenant will I not break. Now here God is telling you again, My covenant I will not break. <laughs> well, now this, the world doesn't agree with that. But he goes on to say, Nor alter the thing that is gone out of my lips. He always keeps it. He never lies. Verse 35, Once have I sworn by my holiness that I will not lie unto David, or and he won't lie about anything else in the Bible, ever. That's what he's saying. Verse 36, His seed shall endure forever in His throne as the sun before me. It's going to endure as, as the sun <laughs> endures. And then he goes on to say something else here. And uh, it shall be established forever as the moon, and as a faithful witness in heaven, Selah. There's that word again, Selah. Stop and think. He's trying to get Jeremiah to really stop and think. 
Because Jeremiah is about to see something that's going to be very embarrassing to him and hurt him in many ways, and is perhaps the biggest mistake he ever made in his life, I would think. So let's, let's look and see what that is. But it, Selah is here again. God says, we do have to stop and think. Think about all everything that, that's in your Bible about this. And if you do that, you can bring scriptures into your mind. If you understand the booklets we have, you can bring those booklets to your mind. Some few books and then booklets, and also books by Herbert W. Armstrong, and booklets from him as well. God says you need to bring this together, and you can easily prove that God never did break that covenant with David. Never, ever did. But it, it was uh, bad enough to uh, really shock Jeremiah, because he saw, or was there, when uh, Zedekiah's sons were put to death, and then uh, Zedekiah himself had his eyes blinded, and he was taken to Babylon and died in prison there. So what about the uh, throne of David? Well, Jeremiah thought, uh, and, and everybody else seemed to think, that, well, there's nobody to sit on that throne. All the sons are gone. Only one family or dynasty there carrying on David's throne at that time, and making certain that, it, that there was a descendant of David sitting on that throne. So, Jeremiah, in a way, got into a kind of a bitter attitude, and you can see that here. Verse 38, But you have cast off and abhorred, you have been wroth with your anointed. There's nobody now to sit on David's throne, he thought. You have made void the covenant of your servant. You have profaned his crown by casting it to the ground. You have broken down all his hedges. You have brought his strongholds to ruin. All that pass by the way spoil him. He is a reproach to his neighbors. You have set up the right hand of his adversaries. You have made all his enemies to rejoice. You have also turned the edge of his sword, and have not made him to stand in the battle. You have made his glory to cease, and cast his throne to the ground. Those are strong words from Jeremiah. How long, Lord, will you hide yourself forever? Shall your wrath burn like fire? Eternal, where are your former loving kindnesses? What you swear unto David in your truth? How can you let this happen? Well, where, where could they find another uh, or a uh, another person to sit on that throne. Well, there was another person. The sons were slaughtered, but there was a, the, he had also had two daughters that nobody seemed to understand that, well, hey, God is going to take one of those daughters and put her on the throne. And that's Tia Teffy. You can read about that in the United States and Britain in Prophecy. That 
book will be sent to you if you don't have it. But notice what it says in Ezekiel 17 and verse 22 and 23. Verse 22, Thus says the Eternal God, I will also take of the highest branch of the high cedar, and will set it. I will crop off the top of his young twigs, a tender one, and will plant it upon a high mountain, and imminent. So the tender twig, a, a, a woman, is going to sit on that throne, not, not a man at this time. Verse 23, In the mountain of the height of Israel will I plant it, and it shall bring forth bows, and bear fruit, and be a goodly cedar. And under it shall dwell all fowl of every wing, and the shadow of the branches thereof shall they dwell. Well, how about that? Here we have a woman, Tia Teffi, whom he took to Ireland. That's where Jeremiah took Tia Teffi, to Ireland. And really, when you, if you know the history of this, it's some of the most fascinating history you'll ever read. Is uh, In Ireland, Jeremiah virtually ruled the whole nation, directing the king and the queen, because God wanted him to, and wanted him to raise up a college and, and uh, begin to educate the world, as he did in many ways. And uh, that education carried over many years in Europe. So here you see Jeremiah finally saw this and did understand what God was doing, and then God sent Jeremiah to Ireland to do this great work of God and to really do something that was a type of the wonderful world tomorrow. And what a picture that gives you of what is going to happen after Christ returns to this earth. It's going to be government and peace forever. It takes God's government. We have to submit to God's government if we want peace and we want joy and if we want a wonderful world tomorrow. This is something that is essential to every one of us, and it's going to touch the lives of every human being that's ever lived through the resurrections. Now, what a wonderful, wonderful future that is. We have the opportunity to understand God's covenant with David and what it all means about God building His own family, His, His family that's going to continue to rule this earth and the universe as time goes on. And what a wonderful blessing that will be. Until next week, this is Gerald Flurry. Goodbye, friends. All our literature is available free of charge at no cost or obligation to you. Request Isaiah's End Time Vision, The New Throne of David, Selah, Stop and Think, and The Prophet Jeremiah Lived in Ireland. Order now. The preceding program was a paid presentation of The Key of David, brought to you by the Philadelphia Church of God.